0: Welcome to another informative episode of the No Harm Health and Safety Podcast.
1: Hi, I'm Chris Jazz. I'm the Curator of Quaternary or Ice Age Paleontology at the Royal Alberta Museum. A good part of the collections that we house at the museum in terms of our Ice Age fossils come from sand and gravel pits. So in a lot of cases, when they're out there digging and extracting aggregate resources from those deposits, they uncover Ice Age fossils that we're interested in for science, research, and outreach. No Harm is
0: the podcast for health and safety professionals like you. We're here to help you sharpen your
1: professional skills and better understand emerging issues. There are lots of ice age fossils in Alberta, but they tend to be thinly distributed in those sands and gravels. And it's only because industry is putting blades in the ground that we start to see them exposed. With those bits and pieces, what we ask is that people set that material aside and give us a call so we can come out and look at the material and see where it came from. I can safely say that in the nine years that I have been in this position at the museum, I've not once heard of a gravel pit actually being shut down because they found an Ice Age fossil. Sounds like a great topic. Let's get started.
0: Well, hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the No Harm Health and Safety Podcast. As always, I'm your host, Marvin Polis. Now, as you know, this is an HSE podcast and the E everybody knows stands for environment and in one of our previous episodes we got into a a topic that was a little bit unexpected and this is episode 19 when I was interviewing Bill Gowdy from Lafarge and Bill that evening was at the Barrymore sand and gravel pit west of Edmonton and uh, and unfortunately I couldn't be there but I connected with him remotely and he told me about the great event that they were having that evening banding the owls and it's an episode that you definitely need to listen to But the bit of a tangent that we got on is how at sand and gravel pits across Alberta, sand and gravel companies kind of end up being accidental paleontologists. And that's a topic that I wanted to get into. So here I am today. I'm doing a follow-up episode. And I'm at the Royal Alberta Museum. And with me is Chris Jazz. He's the curator of Ice Age Paleontology. Thank you for having me here, Chris. I'm glad you're here. Chris, it really struck me how sand and gravel pits and other industrial organizations can accidentally dig up very significant finds, and I want you to tell me about that. What's going on with this?
1: Well, a good part of the collections that we house at the museum, in, in terms of our Ice Age fossils, come from sand and gravel pits. Fossils of extinct Ice Age animals, including mammoths, mastodons, American lions, giant short-faced bears, the bones of those animals tend to come from, from deposits that are associated with major river drainages in Alberta. And those same deposits are the kind of deposits that industry typically goes after for sand and gravel. So in a lot of cases, when they're out there digging and extracting aggregate resources from those deposits, they uncover Ice Age fossils that we're interested in for science, research, and outreach. I guess it would be true to say then, if
0: we did not have this industrial activity, there might be fossils that you would never discover.
1: In Alberta, we would have a very, very sparse Ice Age fossil record, were it not for sand and gravel. The distribution of Ice Age fossils in Alberta is not like the distribution of dinosaur fossils. If you go down to Dinosaur Provincial Park, you can't walk around without tripping over a dinosaur bone. In terms of the Ice Age fossils, we typically only see those because sand and gravel are putting blades in the ground. There are lots of Ice Age fossils in Alberta, but they tend to be thinly distributed in those sands and gravels. And it's only because industry is putting blades in the ground that we start to see them exposed.
0: Wow, this is fascinating. And in fact, we're in the collections area right now of the Royal Alberta Museum, and I'm seeing these amazing fossils. Tell me what we're looking at.
1: We've got drawers full of bones that include extinct bison. We've got drawers full of bones that that include extinct horses. Behind me on the shelf, we've got mammoth bones. There's cabinets full of mammoth teeth. So a a, a menagerie of ice age animals, giant ground sloths, lots of different cool stuff that was roaming around Alberta until around 10 or 11,000 years ago.
0: Okay, now Chris, I'm really captivated by this. We're looking at what appears to be a piece of a skull. Would this have been unearthed through industrial activity as well here in Alberta?
1: Yeah, this one is something that was uncovered last summer at a gravel pit just south of the Wapiti River. And we went up last summer to meet with the folks who, who run the gravel pit. They handed the bison skull to us. We brought it back. We've actually radiocarbon dated this one. So it is just over 10,000 years old. And it's one of, the, one of the better specimens that I've seen come out of gravel pits up in the Peace River country in Alberta.
0: We have been talking about sand and gravel pits. Do some of these get unearthed through other industrial activity?
1: There are other fossils that, that get uncovered by industry. Um, obviously, people are probably familiar with some of the dinosaur material that have come out of the oil sands deposits up near Fort Mac. The Terrell has some wonderful material that has been uncovered by the oil sands industry, including one that they have a specimen that they have on display right now, which is one of the the best fossils that I've personally seen. It's a beautiful fossil.
0: And of course, a number of years ago, there was a situation where the city of Edmonton was digging a drainage tunnel in West Edmonton. And uh, the laborers there discovered dinosaur bones. And I remember at the time, um, I did a story about
1: that. And uh, what actually happened to those bones? Many of those fossils were accessioned into collections at the Royal Tyrrell Museum. They make a great story. Uh, I think the newspaper story called it the Sewersaurus, which was a fantastic name for a story, but that is very typical of how fossils are found. When you look at the number of paleontologists in Alberta or in Canada, we're a small percentage of the population. So we really do rely on people in industry, people who are out hiking to keep their eyes open because they're typically the ones that find the interesting material and report it to us.
0: Now, this does uh, bring on the question, if an organization should happen to find fossils in their sand and gravel pit, it's, it's unearthed, it's coming
1: down the conveyor belt, what do you want them to do? The biggest thing that, that we would ask them to do is to set the, the material aside so it doesn't end up in a crusher. I know that everyone is concerned that if something's found and reported that they're going to get shut down. I hear that concern all the time. I can safely say that in the nine years that I have been in this position at the museum, I've not once heard of a gravel pit actually being shut down because they found an, an Ice Age fossil. I can't say that that would never happen. If you found a a deposit that had a bed of 24, 25 mammoths in it, well, that's a different situation. But typically what we find are bits and pieces. And so with those bits and pieces, what we ask is that people set that material aside and give us a call so we can come out and look at the material and see where it came from, give you information on the material that you're finding. And if it's scientifically significant, we'd like it to come back to the museum.
0: Understood. Now, technically, who actually owns these specimens?
1: Alberta has a Historic Resources Act that protects archaeological and paleontological remains. So the materials that are found in Alberta are considered crown property or public property. They belong to all of us as Albertans, and they really represent part of our, our natural heritage.
0: You actually used two terms there, and let's clarify them for our audience. You
1: used archaeology and paleontology. What's the difference? Archaeology involves the study of humans, Paleontology, which is what I do, includes pretty much everything but humans. That's what separates the two disciplines. There's the human side and the non-human side. I work on the non-human side of things.
0: Okay, so whether you have unearthed human tools from thousands of years ago or a woolly mammoth tusk, Either way, you want people to call the Royal Alberta Museum.
1: Absolutely, we, we definitely want people to get in touch with us. Those are the, those are the things that, that we work on. Those help us tell the, the story of prehistoric Alberta, whether it's the archeological side of things or the paleontological side of things.
0: Wow, this is absolutely fascinating. You know what, I see a lot of teeth. I'm not sure I want to go down to that end, uh, where those big jaws are what those teeth. So what do you say we're just calling into this
1: interview now? Well, are you sure? There's some cool teeth down here. Okay, let's go. Yeah. Okay. I got to show you some mammoth teeth, at least, while you're here. Okay, deal. Okay, let me get this one out. This is one of my favorites. So this is... Oh relative. my goodness. This is a woolly mammoth tooth. You can feel that if you want. There's a chewing surface of the tooth right there. Run your finger across that. That is where this mammoth would chew up his food back in the day. Herbivores? They are herbivores, primarily grazers. They have very flat teeth. And with those flat teeth, they would primarily eat things like grasses. Other animals that lived in Alberta at the same time, something like a mastodon had a different tooth structure that allowed it to eat different types of vegetation, but both herbivores. And you mentioned lions. We had lions here at one time. We had size equivalents of African lions roaming around Alberta until about 11,000 years ago, 11,000, 10,000 years ago.
0: And they would have been uh, predecessors
1: then of our uh, cougars? They were not predecessors of cougars. They represented a a different evolutionary lineage. They were related to cave lions from Eurasia. There is some back and forth on which taxa they're most closely related to. At one time, it was thought they were related to South American jaguars. That has shifted a little bit over the past few years. So there's still some science to be done.
0: This is awesome stuff. So again, if uh, any of our listeners should happen to find fossils in their sand and gravel pits or any of their other industrial operations, we do want them to call you at the Royal Alberta Museum, especially
1: since those lions, you don't want to get them upset. Absolutely. Absolutely. We are always happy to entertain calls. And even if you think you found something that, that, that just looks like it might be a bone a lot of the ice age fossils that we deal with are not petrified so they're going they're going to look in a lot of cases like an old cow bone but if it comes out from under 30 foot of gravel it's probably not an old cow bone you probably found an ice age fossil
0: and i guess one more thing before we sign off is that we should mention that we are here in alberta but we have listeners across canada and if people find uh, specimens in other provinces uh, who do they call it? They're their provincial museum in their appropriate province?
1: They could absolutely do that. We have gotten calls from all over Canada about material that's been found, I've uh, fielded calls from Saskatchewan. So we're not gonna discriminate against anybody. If, if somebody's found something interesting and they want information on it, give us a shout and we'll try to help you out. Splendid, thanks for having me here today, Chris, and showing me around, this is great. I'm glad you came and come back anytime. Thanks for
0: tuning in to the No Harm Health and Safety Podcast. Be sure to join us next time by subscribing to us for free on Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, or wherever you get your podcasts. While you're there, please leave a rating or review. It helps others find us. And hey, be sure to tell your friends and colleagues who can benefit from our podcast. The No Harm Health and Safety Podcast is a production of Stimulant Strategies and Stimulant Media Productions. You can learn more about us at stimulant.ca. All the best, everyone, and stay safe.